0: Hello and welcome to episode 179 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, we're talking about road trips. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And tonight I am enjoying a Voodoo Vice IPA from New Belgium weighing in at 7.1 APV. And I am a fan of anything from New Belgium in their Voodoo Ranger series. So one trip since our last episode and it came in the form of a road trip, which just so happens to be the topic for tonight's episode This trip was four days on the road with three nights in three different hotels, which is never desirable. And then add to the madness of that, Hurricane Natalie made landfall halfway through the trip. And it's safe to say that none of the hotels offered any reminder of COVID. No plexiglass, riot shields, only a few remnants of Hilton's clean stay stickers on some bedside tables and some door jams. Most of the hand cleaner stations were empty. One hotel was undergoing a remodel six years after its previous remodel. One hotel had the Peloton bike in the fitness center. And the last one offered a fire pit where I enjoyed the nice Georgia fall evening. On to tonight's topic, the road trip show. And we all survived summer travel. Flights were expensive and packed. Rental cards were expensive. And if you'd rented from Hertz, you certainly ran the risk of being arrested. Hotels were plentiful and expensive. So notice a pattern there. Expense, expense, expense. With fall travel here, I see no reverse in any cost associated with travel. For instance, on the day that I'm recording this, two days before Thanksgiving, Orlando International Airport had its busiest day on Saturday. So people are even backing up where they used to leave for Thanksgiving on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. They're now actually leaving the full three or four days before the holiday and taking most of the week off. You know, there's a hotel that's close to my parents. It's a normal Hampton Inn. Nothing special. Typically, it's roughly $100 a night, occasionally $130 if there's a softball tournament taking place close by lately this hotel has been a hundred and eighty dollars per night even with all of my secret squirrel discount codes so for the upcoming holiday travel season it might be time to consider a good old-fashioned road trip we've talked about road trips several times over the years but it's worthy of a revisit you know what are some of the common road trip mistakes glad you asked when it comes to the road trip part it's in important to follow these seven P's. Proper planning and preparation prevents piss poor performance. So let's concentrate on the first three P's, proper planning and preparation. First, you have to have a plan and you have to start that plan well in advance of your departure. So where do you want to go? If it's fall and in the southeast, that means fall colors. There's no better way to see the changing leaves than through the windshield of a car. If the weather is still mild enough for a bourbon or whiskey tour trip, you can head up to the Kentucky Valley area. So a road trip doesn't always mean an over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house. One of the things you need to plan for is frequent stops and roadside billboard suggestions can actually help. You wanna see a 15 foot gator, believe me there's a billboard to tell you where and how same thing with the bigfoot museum or the desire to shoot a real legitimate machine gun there are billboards that will point you in the direction to do just those sorts of things and don't assume your car is road trip worthy just because you drive it every single day make sure your car is equipped and serviced for the trip Make sure there's a copy of your insurance and registration handy. Consider an EDC roadside kit, an everyday carry roadside kit. Things like jumper cables, you know, flashlights, something to wash your hands with or clean your hands in case you have to change a flat tire. Also, make sure that your spare tire is roadworthy. If you don't have AAA, it might be worth the investment. And while you're at it, throw in an old school paper map. In the glove box, you never know. And there are some road trip essentials that you might not think to pack. First aid kit, think about heartburn medicine, aspirin, Benadryl, allergy pills, things beyond just, you know, clean wipes and band-aids. Ziploc bags, always handy on a road trip. A can of Fix-a-Flat, believe it or not, that will get you out of a jam. In addition to the Ziploc bags, throw in a handful of plastic shopping bags and a handful of zip ties, paracord, maybe some bungee cords. You also need to plan out your wardrobe. It is fall, almost winter, and this time of year, they can be a definite 40 to 50 degree swing in temperatures, not only day to day, but between morning and night. And don't forget an umbrella either. While you're in prep mode, make sure you have some travel related apps installed on your phone. What apps will help you? At least install Google Maps and Waze. If you have no idea how valuable either of those are, please stay off the road. If you're concerned about gas prices, iExit can help you with that. Road Trippers, with their tagline of turn your road trip into an adventure, is a great addition if you need some road trip planning and guidance. Enter your starting point and your destination, and Road Trippers will help fill in stops along the way. There's also Roadside America with over 15,000 offbeat attractions, some of which no one is really that familiar with. And this is beyond what you'll find in Google Maps. I also advise installing Yelp, as it will give you some insights for food, hotels, as well as attractions. Google Reviews, this will also give you the lowdown. TripAdvisor is another one. I don't personally use it, but I haven't heard anything that bad about it. And there does seem to be an app for everything, including road trips. There's Dirt, D-Y-R-T, which will help you find places where you can camp. You can also install Flush. Think of it as Yelp reviews, but for public toilets, yes, believe it or not, there is something like that there. And then plan your route. You know, here in O-Town, we are home to two of the worst traffic snarls in the United States. Uh, This came to me from the Orlando Weekly. Drivers in rush hour traffic on I-4 West between the Beachline Expressway and 429 lost an average of 74 hours in traffic. Anyone taking U.S. 17 South from 192, this is the Oaks Boulevard area, they've lost an average of 59 hours in traffic. These roads were good enough for third and seventh worst congestion spots in the U.S. respectively. And every major city has its share of traffic. Atlanta, Dallas, Washington, D.C., there is no place where you can escape traffic. So always make a plan for an alternative route. On my recent trip to Georgia, I've been bypassing the downtown Atlanta area by taking 441 out of Macon. Yes, the same 441 that runs through most of Florida, but I take that out of Macon up towards Atlanta and then Highway 29 down to the office. On my recent trip to Georgia, my return route had me jump off 40 outside of Ocala, head down the middle of the state. You know, both routes are typically 15 minutes longer according to Waze, but both of those routes going up through Athens or coming down through the middle of the state back to Chateau or Relaxo typically keep me from sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic. And for me personally, I'd rather drive an extra 15 minutes than be stuck in 10 minutes of bumper-to-bumper traffic. So make sure you plan your route, and this includes planning for places for fuel. Fuel stops are important, so make them more meaningful than just finding six gas pumps and the offering of boiled peanuts that have been cooking in a crock pot for the last three or four days. One of my favorite fuel stops is the one that I've done 180 degrees on in the past year. It's Bucky's, and with their expansion into the southeast, it is truly the perfect place to stop. You know, beyond the 40 or 50 gas pumps... They have a wall of beef jerky, a legitimate barbecue pit, and gifts galore. If you're rolling along I-95 around the North Carolina-South Carolina state line, there is, of course, south of the border with its sombrero tower, its reptile lagoon, and the Petler Steakhouse. It's a great place to kill an hour or two, and besides, Pedro says so. And when it comes to road trip nutrition, there are a couple of approaches. First, take it with you. Why? Because eating on the road is expensive. You know, you drop 20 or 30 bucks on a nice soft sided cooler. No need to spend 300 bucks on a Yeti. We survived them for decades before they hit the scene. And you can freeze most anything. My mom proved it by recently freezing a Burger King Whopper. Meal prep, you know, wraps, leftovers, veggies, snacks, all of these travel well and can be consumed while driving. I've talked about road food in the past and all these years later, I still stand by these foods for consumption when barreling westbound on I-20. Beef jerky, Slim Jims, and actually make that any processed meat product wrapped in plastic that does not need refrigeration. The positives, high in protein, easy to eat, and little or no mess. The negatives, very high in salt, and the smell might offend passengers, which could be a good thing depending on who's riding with you. And besides, beef jerky can be a tad expensive when purchased at a gas station, so can consider making your own or having heading to one of the big box uh, cost company or Sam's warehouse to stock up. And almost every gas station will have a rack filled full of Little Debbie snacks, From oatmeal pies to cosmic brownies, there is a Little Debbie snack for almost everybody. My favorite is still to this day their Nutty Buddy or anything from their Zebra collection. And the positive, these are as tasty as it gets. Inexpensive, easy to hold, and almost never, ever expire. And don't forget their seasonal offerings. Around this time of year, you'll see their fall party cakes. The negatives with Little Debbie Snacks is it's loaded with sugar and not the most filling. So you might have to eat four or five. Just keep an eye on that calorie count. Probably my favorite road food is roller food. Those are those tasty cylindrical tubes of nutrition and calories. Looking to snack on an egg roll, a tamale, a hot dog or a taquito while driving 75 miles an hour? If so, then grab a pair of those tongs and pluck a few of these rolling beauties. Now, the positives with roller food, typically they're cheap, usually a buck, maybe a buck and a half, and they taste as good as anything, and they're relatively filling. I mean, where else can you get a food from three different ethnicities? The negatives with roller food is be careful if you load any of these up with salsa, ketchup, mustard, it is very easy to end up with a goopy mess in your lap. And stay away from any item that's not rolling, a sure sign that the bottom is more than likely overcooked. Now, there is a reason after almost 25 years of business travel that these foods are in healthy rotations during my road trips. They're easy to hold with one hand, leaving your other hand free for texting while you drive. Once you make it to base camp, a.k.a. your destination, ask the hotel staff for some local food stops, they will almost always be willing to offer some great local taste sensations and of course the backup plan to that is yelp or google reviews now when it comes to road trip entertainment since i'm the driver i rely on a couple of things audiobooks and podcasts i still have my old standby music playlist things like dave matthews band toto you know just about any artist that charted in the 80s Again, I am a renaissance man. And when it comes to audiobooks, most are nonfiction. Recently, I finished Rob Lowe's Stories I Only Tell My Friends, Dave Grohl's The Storyteller. And for me, the key to audiobooks is to listen to them at one and a half speed. It takes your brain a minute or two to adapt, but after that, it's pretty smooth sailing. When it comes to podcasts, I'm all over the road. Smart List, The Upside. Uh, Literally from Rob Lowe, Tim Ferriss, Mike O'Mara, and of course, my two travel podcasts, Travel Commons and Travel Wins. You know, do you subscribe to Spotify? If you subscribe to Spotify, you can hit up their One Hit Wonders channel. You'll be amazed at some of the One Hit Wonders that have actually charted and never charted again. If you're a fan of Joe Rogan, that's where his podcast is hosted as well. Now moving on to discussing lodging, more specifically hotels. And this can be a bit dicey. I admit I'm spoiled as a Hilton and Marriott are my go-tos and have been for two decades. But that being said, most traditional hotels will suit most anyone's needs. However, you do need to plan to spend money on them. Hotels are one of those things where you truly get what you pay for. And the things that you pay for are safety, and cleanliness. You know, here is the hotel strategy to consider when choosing a location. While it's nice to stay on Disney property, it makes sense. Yeah, you can shuttle back and forth to the park each day and not have to worry about paying for parking. You can also sleep in since you're already on Disney property. However, there are two deterrents to staying on property. It's expensive. And you will find yourself waiting in lines to do everything at those properties, just like you were in the park. Years ago, one of my first business trips was to Orlando, and it was for a project at Reedy Creek Improvement District. And Reedy Creek is the governing jurisdiction and taxing district for the land of Walt Disney World Resort. It acts with the same authority and responsibility as the county, complete with its own fire department, headquartered out of what they call the Dalmatian Station. And Reedy's Creek main office is just down the street from downtown Disney, which is now considered Disney Springs. So I booked my hotel on the north side of I-4 just outside Disney Springs. Next morning, I go downstairs for breakfast and the dining area was packed. Lines for cereal, lines for eggs, lines for coffee, and it was packed with families waiting to go to Disney. Now, there's also another advantage to staying off site, especially if you have young kids. Being forced to find parking and then taking a trolley or the monorail into the park can easily remove an hour, possibly two hours from park time. Why is this important? Well, it removes one to two hours of time that your small child will be getting frustrating waiting in lines and getting sunburned. Plus the off property or not near property hotels will be cheaper and less crowded and of course you will come across some great locally owned and operated hotels that provide wonderful experiences years ago i had a project in smithfield virginia yes that smithfield bacon ham bacon sausage and bacon and at the time there were no hotels in smithfield to speak of and i booked my room at the mansion on maine which was a bed and breakfast every morning we woke up to the smell of smithfield bacon Fresh biscuits, and each afternoon we'd come back from Smithfield to a plate of fresh, warm cookies, cold glass of milk, and my favorite part was while touring Smithfield, one of the executives was giving us a tour of the facility, and as we're walking from building to building, he asked, "Do you smell that?" And of course, we could smell this the smoky odor from the smokehouses. He went on to tell us that that was the smell of money. And in the past, I'd often book hotels close to my favorite dining establishments. You know, now with Uber Eats and DoorDash, that's really no longer the case. Uh, And Uber Eats will also deliver liquor. There's also Hotel Tonight, which offers up a day of deals in case you need a last minute place to crash. You know, truly the one piece of advice that I offer up to Baby Road Warriors is to make sure you have that night's hotel reservation before you leave the current hotel that you are in. And if you've got small kids in tow, one of your major jobs on a road trip is to keep those little guys from getting bored. So make sure to pack enough charging cables, etc. If you have an extra 50 bucks or so, purchase an Amazon Fire tablet just in case somebody breaks something or loses something. You know, When I was a rug rat, my parents gave us Gramamine and put us in the back of the car. And this is where those aforementioned snacks can buy you a few additional moments of peace as well as silence from Are We There Yet, Mom and Dad. Well, there you have it. Episode 179, The Road Trip Revisited. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com travel hyphen stories. Leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email. Travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.